Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It will cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted, otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and new celebrity has endorsed any aspect of the show. Hey everyone, and welcome out to another episode of Good, the Bad, and Geeky. I'm Nick Nitro, and I need to catch my breath because uh, Nick is out of weight. Nick, not Nick is out of shape and is out of weight too, which is a weird thing if you really think about it. No, I uh, can't speak. It's part of it. Uh, yeah, so... Welcome out to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky is what I'm really trying to say now that I've got composure. And before we begin tonight's episode, let us talk about our amazing sponsors. Our amazing sponsors such as Packrat Comics. Go to packratcomics.com and find out how you can get to Latimer Street in Hilliard, Ohio so you can get uh, your cool comic books, board games, card games, collectibles, t-shirts, and much, much more. Packratcomics.com get all the information for the Facebook page as well where you have a lot of information as well again packratcomics.com also up as a sponsor of our fine program audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky 14 day trial get an audiobook it's pretty cool it's part of the deal and if you do decide to join after the 14 day trial well guess what you get another audiobook every month so it, it, it's 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 worth it. It is completely worth it. It's a lot of fun, and I I enjoy the ever living hell out of it. So please, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Ultimate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, utmt.com. Check it out. I feel it's a it's a free web comic online of the Ninja Turtles. You should check it out, and uh, not just because I write and executive produce it, but just because it's it's really cool. And last but not least, it's all been done in Radio Hour. Come out and see myself and other cast members, Nathan included, by the way, in what is a phenomenally fantastic show. It's great. So please check it out. It is so much fun. And by the way, I apologize if I'm yawning. That does not reflect the quality of the It's All Been Done Radio Hour, which you can find info at itsallbeendoneradiohour.com. Uh, this is actually 6 a.m. in the morning, and I'm trying to desperately uh, record an episode because I am lagging, guys. I am lagging. Uh, long story short, too late. Uh, let me just tell you where I've been. Uh, I am now engaged. Um, and that's a lot of fun. And uh, I recorded all this in a previous episode, but I'm still debating discussing it. I might just post it up there and be damned with it. But if not, I'm going to cover it again here. And maybe the other episode will be for, um, you know, a special, 
for those listening on the GBG app. So anyway, uh, I've been engaged, so we've been looking at places. Also, my job, uh, even though I love my job a lot, uh, the, they did some weird, tricky HR thing where the department I was with before, I'm still under them. I'm being borrowed, though. And they've been coming down hard on overtime and... Um, you know, and then also the whole company uh, changed into a weird pay schedule where it's every other Friday, which is normal for some people. I, I wasn't used to that. We were getting paid on the 1st uh, and the 15th of every month. You know what I mean? So there was a nice little, like, okay, I know how this is working out kind of kind of deal. And it's, it's heartbreaking, to say the least. Excuse me. And um, it's tough to get used to. It really is. So, there's that. There's also the fact that we're planning a wedding. Um, and then also on top of that, every time I feel like I record an episode, uh, GBG Drive-By, I'm starting to get more and more worried in particular about how the sound is coming and going. And it's just really, it's cheesing me off, people. It's cheesing me off. Uh, and on top of that, too, we, I've also been doing the Talbot on Radio Hour, which is, again, I, guys, I'm having a blast. I'm also trying to write the GBG Christmas show, which... Um, I've always really sort of known this, but I had to, you know, I had to confront a, a demon verbally out loud to another friend, and that was, that was heartbreaking, which is, I don't really take criticism well um, when it comes to writing. Uh, I get very defensive, especially if, if I really respect that person's work. Um, this is a hint, it was Jimmy. Uh, and I had to, uh, he had to give me some harsh truths, which again, I knew, but you, didn't, you don't want to hear that always, and... Um, he he's almost always correct anyway. So uh, when it comes to something, so I, and I, but I in general do not take criticism well, even with little little things like uh, spelling corrections and stuff like that. I I tend to get very defensive, and the way my creative brain works is that oh I'm not good enough and yada 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 and uh, yeah. So and again that's not him. It, it's completely on me. It's something I've always I think sort of had, but. Um, uh, especially with people like Jimmy or Nathan, if they correct me, I do take it a little bit more personal. Not uh, even though they are, as a friend, trying to genuinely help me, I, I take it a little bit more of a put your dukes up. I, I want to fight you on this because uh, it's really my insecurity, which is really weird. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that we have creative types we have to deal with on some level. We're insecure about something. Um, I have a, I had a friend at one point who um, is a wonderful artist and. He could not draw anything to save his life. He felt too that was worthy of publishing, which it, which drove me absolutely fucking bonkers. Um, there's a great webcomic out there called Pictures of You by Gibson Twist. Uh, my one friend has sort of his art style um, in a way, and I really I really enjoyed it. But he would never um, he could never really. It just bothered me, and and I would give him shit for it, you know. Uh, and I'm like, look. Because anything he does is a million times better than what I'm going to do, right? And I just didn't understand the wasting of that talent, um, or it felt like a waste. Um, but, you know, that's his insecurity he has to deal with. And, and insecurity, they're, they're tough, you know what I mean? So, uh, shoes on the other foot kind of thing on that one. And uh, But, yeah, I mean... Uh, one of the other things is, like, with UTMNT, I have a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash UTMNT, sorry not to plug that, too. But 
as an example, I, I the creative side of me is like, I don't want to spoil anything. And with issue one of UTMNT, I didn't feel like I was doing anything really spoilerish, really. It's just the turtles meet Leatherhead, and that's it. This one was this more like with issue two. I've not done any script updates really in Patreon, just be, and I've I've made peace with the fact that I need to, and I'm just going to do it anyway. And um, uh, but that that's something. It's like, do, am I spoiling something? Like, look, you're paying the dollar a month to get that extra content. Shouldn't you just get the extra content and blah 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 blah? And, and again, these are the things that we creative types uh, struggle with every once in a while. Um, for as much as the joke is, is that I don't like to edit things. At the same time, I still want the show to be good. I still want the audio quality to be fun. And when it's only one person, it's a little diff difficult. So, um, yeah. So, with that being said, enough about me necessarily. But that's what that's where I've been. That's why I've been working on um, and dealing with. And uh, I will say this though: uh, the Christmas show for the podcast is going to be phenomenal. Uh, we, we're introducing a new sketch. It's called Why Not Green Adventures in Space and Time, The Time is Implied. Uh, it is so much fun, you guys. I borrowed some cast members from Jimmy's show um, who are phenomenal. Uh, and I am so excited to have to do this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, our November show is where part one is introduced. We're going to do a normal podcast for about 15 minutes or so, and then we're going to where we're just going to talk, maybe set up the, the sketch bit, and then we're going to uh, do the sketch. Uh, it, I'm really, I'm really excited, you guys. I, I can't wait. So, please come out to Pack Rat November 14th, or look out for the show within the following week or following days or, or the following week or so. Um, and uh, part two of Why Not Green Adventures in Space and Time, the time is implied, will be during our Christmas show in the middle of the show. It's a lot of fun. And John Batine's coming back, everybody. John Batine. Uh, speaking of which, I, I'm I'm making a guess. I'm I'm calling it. I I could be wrong. It might be John's last podcast show. Uh, maybe maybe not. I I really would hope not. But at the same time, um, it's been a lot more difficult to get him on in in, in the years. As a matter of fact, this year it, it's been a little bit more of a, every rehearsal we've had. He's not been able to make um, just because he's very busy, and that's what happens when you when you when you have kids, and that's okay. Um, I feel the burn of it a little bit now that I'm in, in, engaged myself, preparing, uh, preparing. I'm sure to say planning and preparing at the same time, preparing for a wedding, and, and so I, I sort of understand that. But um, uh, but for, but for him, I'm, I'm sure the podcast took a completely different um, level of commitment that it's just not as important to him, and I understand that. Uh, while it's important to Jimmy, Nathan, and I, so. Uh, at the same time, we are excited to have him on. It's going to be a blast. So please, again, that would be right after the It's All Been Done Radio Hour. And that's uh, not just in November. Uh, John will be back in December. So, yeah. Okay, enough about us and all the, our stuff. I saw Tomorrowland. And I have thoughts, man. Massive thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, generally, the thought is this. I dug the movie, and I wouldn't mind owning it. I probably wouldn't pay the money it would cost for a Blu-ray DVD with digital, even though I would want that. I, that would be one of those ones where I'm, I would wait until the movie gets down at a lesser price. Um, and the reason why is that the extra features make a, a, a decent movie a little bit more enjoyable, but at the same time it's also equally frustrating that the movie does not... Uh, the movie doesn't soar more. Um, 
for those who don't know, Tomorrowland is written by Damon Lindenloff and uh, Brad Bird, and directed by Brad Bird as well. Uh, Damon Lindenloff, for those who don't know, uh, Prometheus, also right now The Leftovers on HBO, which I hear is fantastic, and also Lost. Yeah, come on, Lost, which is one of my favorite shows ever. So uh, there's the pedigree there. And then Brad Bird, uh, Jesus, uh, Iron Giant, one of my favorite animated movies of all time. Ratatouille, Ed Incredibles. Again, other one of my favorite animated movies of all time. I mean, they, they rank up there. Um, and same thing goes with Ghost Protocol by Mission for Mission Impossible. That's a really fun and a really good movie. It's exactly what I wanted that movie to be, and I dug the hell out of it. So Brad Bird is a wonderful storyteller. So what went wrong with Tomorrowland? Because the movie is, again, the movie I think is fun. A lot of people, though, didn't like the ending. I'm one of those people, though, that felt that Tomorrowland was, uh, could have been and should have been better. I, I won't disagree with that. There's so much missed potential there, and as a writer himself, I, I don't understand what went wrong, um, because to me it feels fairly obvious. Um, and the thing is, is that the movie's about hope. A lot of people got upset at the ending, and I will use Oz, the Great and Powerful, as a good example. A lot of people... Um, that are not, I would say, even the average filmgoers that uh, just remember the movie Wizard of Oz, but they've grown up in today's climate, which is explosions, Iron Man, destroying New York, save the world, the kind of thing, that kind of mentality, uh, which is a good, it's a good mentality for Iron Man or a superhero movie. But when you watch Oz, the great and powerful, Oz himself is maybe a destructive man to himself, um, but not to other people. He would never personally, on purpose, jeopardize other people. So a lot of people had a problem with the ending of Oz the Great and Powerful, which is why didn't he kill the witches? Like Because he, he really didn't kill the witches. Um, one of them gets away, which obviously sets up the Wizard of Oz, but then, you know, there's that. I really love Oz the Great and Powerful for the simple fact that it plays exactly to how it should play, which is the ending of Oz the Great and Powerful... Uh, he bamboozles everybody, which is what he's good at. He's a bamboozler. He's a, a thief, a con man. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Like, he did what he was, and, and by being himself, he was liked for it and respected, and he still was a good guy f for doing that. I really love the hell out of it, and I really I, I dig it a lot. I Dig a Pygmy by Charles Hortree. Um, sorry, Beatles reference. Tomorrowland sort of is of the same vein. Um, there is a bad guy death in it, um, spoiler alert, uh, which is Hugh Laurie. But Hugh Laurie is not set up well at all as a villain. It, it's almost... you. There's a difference between letting us guess what 1 plus 1 is, but we want to we know what 1 plus 1 is to begin with. We don't want to... I think that's a that's a that's important. So, Brad Bird, J.J. Abrams, a lot of other people that I really respect a lot, including Damon Lindelof, they're a one plus one equals two kind of person, uh, or one plus one equals, and they let us answer. Oh, it's two. Let the audience piece it together. That's fine. But when there's too much guessing, where you're, it's one plus x equals. That's when I think I get a little bit more. Well, wait, why would you do that kind of thing? Because you're you're fucking it up a bit. Um, so for those who don't know officially what Tomorrowland is, is that um, during 19, I think it's 1964 during the World's Fair, a young boy, uh, I think his name is Frank, 
think his name is Frank, which is probably not to Frank and Ollie, I'm, I won't lie. Um, one of the classic Disney animators that Brad Bird was uh, good friends with and a student under, I believe, from his CalArts days. Uh, Frank builds a jetpack, a prototype jetpack, and takes it to David Nix, played by Hugh Laurie, at the World's Fair. Um, at the World's Fair, while he's showing it to Hugh Laurie, Hugh Laurie is very much a jerk, very dismissive of everything, and um, meanwhile, a girl approaches him, a little girl, and it's very obvious the little boy is enamored with the girl, but she tells him, you know, I think you're special, um, and as long as you can find a way to follow us, uh, which includes herself and Hugh Laurie, I, I can you know, I can help you with your jetpack. Um, and I think you'll dig it a lot. So Hugh Laurie rejects the girl, tells her, do not let him anywhere near what they're doing. And of course she does. She gives him a Tomorrowland pin. And he follows them on the uh, It's a Small World After All ride, where he is transported into Tomorrowland. And Tomorrowland is really cool. It's being built as we speak, and it's not done or completed yet, but it is being worked on, and it's it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And then we cut to the present day where the the girl, I forget her name and the actress's name, but the girl, her father is, uh, they're tearing down the NASA space shuttle at Cape Canaveral. And her dad's going to be out of work soon. He's an engineer, he's going to be out of work, and which sucks, by the way. So she's trying to dismantle the construction equipment. Because the engineers who are going to be out of a job, they're helping maintaining the construction equipment, or that's how I took it, and that's how the people I saw it with took it as well. She's, you know, the the this these brilliant engineers who design space shuttles are looking over and watching over as it's kind of like their pink slip before they're officially gone is watching over the the construction equipment. So she tries to sabotage it, so it gives her father not only something to do, but it keeps him employed just a little bit longer. And of course she gets arrested, and it's here that the little girl from the beginning of the movie, back in 1964, she doesn't age at all, she's the same age, she gives her a pen for Tomorrowland, sneaks it into her, her belongings at the police station, and when she touches it, she's whisked to a field outside of Tomorrowland. And through a series of events, she begins to track down what the pen means and what it is, and it's t it means Tomorrowland, and she finds Frank. Frank, now much older, uh, is the little boy from the beginning of the movie, and he's played by George Clooney, and George Clooney is bitter, and uh, something's going on, which is it's the countdown to the end of the world, and there's nothing he can do to stop it, um, but she's looking for Tomorrowland, and when she shows up, the happy, smiling androids show up to, to stop her. And that's where the movie, action-wise, takes off and it becomes a racing clock, a racing ticking clock movie. And, and when they get to Tomorrowland, of course, Tomorrowland is run down. There's nobody really there but Hugh Laurie. And Hugh Laurie is uh, with the droids and all that. And um, I don't want to say much more and actually spoil it because also I feel like this whole podcast will be just be explaining what the plot of the movie is and that's really fucking boring so for those who've watched the movie let, let's just get this out of the way so the movie was again enjoyable but the little girl is an android and there's a lot of felt like a lot of backstory that got cut out of the movie I feel like 
that could have just really made that wonderful. But here, here are the biggest problems of the movie. George Clooney, obviously, as a little boy, liked this girl. He was enamored with her. He had a massive crush on her, and he, he did. He loved her, and he felt betrayed by her when he got kicked out of Tomorrowland, which um, the reason itself seems rather vague, which, again, it feels like a solve for X. Uh, was he kicked out because of this, or was he kicked out because of that? Like, they're, they're not really clear on why he gets kicked out, or if he left voluntarily. Again, that's a third option. It feels like he, they were going to kick him out via trial, but at the same time, he left of his own volition, and then he was banned. It's, I don't know, it just feels like, but either way, I, I think he personally was banned, but it, it, it still, they leave it open for questioning, which is not always fun. And yeah, you could say, oh, well, we're saving it for the sequel, but... In today's society, Brad Bird should know that, no, you give everything you can in your first movie and then follow it up with a sequel if it, if it feels deemed worthy enough. And so that that really bugged, bugged me a little bit about that. They weren't really clear on how he got banned. But also, George Clooney finally forgives the, the little girl at the end, the droid. It's because she sacrifices herself because she loves Frank. Um... And they never come right out and say that, and that part's fine. It's very obvious that she still has feelings for Frank, um, and she cares about him, uh, which is against her programming. She's a bunch of zeros and ones, as Frank says, and she can't be trusted. But, of course, the fact of the matter is that it, that hurts her, and you can sort of tell it. And, again, it's wonderfully subtle acting and subtle writing in, with that, but at the end of the movie, when she's dying, you want to see... You, those characters deserve a last moment together. They deserve a kiss. Um, and maybe that's the shipper in me, but at the same time, it, it felt like that's what the relationship would, would, would fall into. And as she's dying, instead, it's you can't have them kiss because, A, it's a Disney movie, and you can't have 56-year-old George Clooney kiss a little girl. That's the, that's the fact of the matter. Um... And that bothered me a lot, too. Like, I, I, and the thing is that I, it felt earned. It felt needed. It felt justified. And that's because we didn't get that. In some form or fashion, it felt very empty, the ending did. Um, I mean, if there was some way that she uploaded her consciousness or to maybe a more adult, female adult, humanoid, and then died or something like that, that would have been way more satisfying. I don't know how they would do that, but... Um, I'd rather they deal with the implication that he kissed with the girl, kissed, kissed a, a, a someone who looks like a little girl, even though she's really old. Um, you know what I mean? I, 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 that really bugged me. Again, I get the complexities of why they couldn't do that, but you know, it ruins the story a bit. It, it ruins the payoff of the story. Also, when you get to Tomorrowland, they don't really get a chance to stay in Tomorrowland that long. There's not really a chance where they, to me, properly explain the androids who are just constantly smiling all the time. You know, uh, that was me smiling as I talked. They didn't really set up Hugh Laurie's character that well um, in the normal movie. And the extra features, there's some really cool stuff about how um, and I don't know if it was made just for the DVD or if it was deleted scenes, but it, they were like short films uh, at the World's Fair where he's on the wonderful world of Disney for uh, Walt Disney uh, Studios. He's doing like those educational films, and he's a real asshole. And because that's the whole point of the movie is that Hugh Laurie's character David Nix becomes so disenfranchised with the human race that they're they, that they're dooming themselves that he decides to speed up the process. 
make it go by a little bit faster. So, and that's why we're obsessed with like Doomsday, uh, Apocalypse, like Apocalypse movies, like The Walking Dead. I mean, that's technically what they're saying. And if you watch the movie, they, there are subtle little hints of like, oh, this is, you know, the world's ending kind of thing. And so they throw that, it, it's really fascinating. And so they are setting that up really well and I absolutely love it. Um, I just really feel that they could have done a little bit better job of handling the David Nix character. Like, show him when he did enjoy humanity. What was the point where he lost it? Like, show that. And, and maybe, if I don't know if that was probably a part of David's timeline, uh, when David was there, that he became dis disenfranchised with everything. But I think that should have been showed, because by the end of it, it, it makes what everyone's fighting for less so. And that is sad. And again, with some of those features, and that's the other thing too, it adds genuine, Q Laurie is a pro, uh, not only as an actor, dramatic actor, but as a comedian. He fucking nails it. And, and granted, this is also coming from a fanboy Hugh Laurie side, but the other two gentlemen I was, I was watching uh, the movie with uh, when we were watching it, they don't really know a lot of Hugh Laurie besides he was house. You know what I mean? They have no idea about A Bit of Fry on Laurie, which is an amazing... Uh, BBC comedian program, uh, co comedy show, uh, comedian program, as they would say in, in overseas. But, you know, it really is, um, it, it made them crack up laughing. They were dying laughing, some of the bits, because he was just that much of an asshole. And it was so, and it was, it was genuinely funny. But in that pathos, there's real motivation for the character. There's a real substance to the character. And, it really broke my heart that that wasn't somehow included in the movie. They couldn't make that work because that gave a little bit more information on the character, and it and it didn't make me feel I, w I would have been solving for X as bad. You know what I mean? And that in itself is okay. Uh, but I digress. Tomorrowland is a fun movie. It's it uh, it's a decent movie, but the movie is really about hope at the end, and I think a lot of people don't want to hear about hope, they just want to see shit blow up, and there is some of that at the end, but again, it, it, it feels like it, it should have been well-deserved, it, there was a, it just, it felt like there was a lot of things that just didn't build up to anywhere, um, even though they, they there were, but it, again, it didn't feel like, we, it felt like we had to fill in the blanks ourselves, and not in a good way, again, uh, we're, we're looking for a one plus one equals, and then we say two, not one plus x equals, and then we gotta go, uh, three, uh, no, two, two, but maybe three, we don't know, and that's what Tomorrowland feels like, which, that's not, it's not horrible, but it's not great either, because some movies just go one, and that, you know what I mean, and, and so I do enjoy a movie that does make you try to think and piece it together, Yet, um, the movie that does it best is the one that goes one plus one equals audience, and the audience goes two. So that's my review of Tomorrowland. Um, I'm sorry it's a little lengthy, but uh, I, I again, I really enjoyed the movie, and I hope uh, you know if you're on the fence about it that you give it a shot. You really give it a shot, and I don't think I really blew the ending of the movie necessarily, except for the fact that Hugh Laurie dies. Um, but uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. Tweet me at GoodBadGeeky or email me goodbadgeeky at gmail.com and let me know what you think or go to our Facebook page which is I believe is facebook.com forward slash GBG podcast and post your comments uh, under the link for this post or just comment away just post it post your thoughts so 
let me know what you thought. Again, I really enjoyed the, the movie. It was one hell of a time. Um, it was it was a decent thrill ride. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm glad I didn't pay to see it in the theaters um, as much. You know what I mean? But I did enjoy uh, uh, watching the movie, and I wish they could have done a little bit more with it. So, But there's always next time. Thank you all again for listening. At GoodBadGeeky is my Twitter handle. GoodBadGeeky at gmail.com is my email. Hope to see you at the GBG Live if you're a local listener, and have a good one. Something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what the song is that?